0: Hey, everybody, welcome back to Doing the Thing podcast. Uh, Today's episode, we're going to uh, be a little bit more intentional about talking about franchise. Um, Some of our listeners know what Phil and I do on the coaching side. We call that career ownership coaching. Uh, where We provide this no-cost education, awareness, and discovery service to people who are in a career transition and might have that uh, additional interest in exploring entrepreneurship as a potential career path. And we use franchising as a way for people to see how they can actually start their business on third base rather than on the bench. It it really helps you accelerate because you're going into something that's an established brand, a proven process, systems, tools, coaching, the list can go on what what the benefits are for franchising. And we hope that people do that that comparison between you know starting something on their own uh, from scratch to going into that established brand or maybe even you know purchasing an existing business and, and operating that. Um, there, I don't necessarily subscribe to any one way of entrepreneurship. I just think it's great. And I think you know we owe it to ourselves to to explore that option. And and so one of the things that comes up pretty frequently during our coaching calls is, you know, what are the pros and cons of going into a well-established franchise brand versus going into something that's kind of a new and emerging brand. And, and the definition for a new and emerging brand can be a uh, pretty different comp- depending on who you talk to. Like when you speak to a bank, an emerging brand can be something that's under 50 units. Um, it if you talk to some people that have been in the franchise industry for a really long time they probably say anything under 100 units. So so it could be, you know, a little bit of a disparity on that. But uh what we really want to do is just kind of talk about the pros and cons of it, you know, going into something that's new and helping build up that organization from within or reducing a little bit more risk and go into something that's more established and been around for a little while. So that's a lot of talking right there. Let me go ahead and introduce Phil. He's with me every week. How are you doing, man? Happy Monday. Happy Monday. Yeah, yeah. Great topic. And certainly one,
1: I've had some conversations with with clients uh, around. And, you know, it's that old question. What if I would have bought Apple stock? Or what if my family would have invested in property in La Jolla in the 50s or 60s? You know, where would I be today? And it's a compelling question. And it can drive us to think about something um, that, I don't want to call it risk, but has less success behind it. But that doesn't mean it's not a viable option. Um, So I think it's a compelling topic to talk about, and hopefully during the conversation we can share some things to think about for those folks who are considering a developing brand. Uh, And I would say the first piece of advice I have is look at the corporate structure of that brand. Jason and I were talking before we started the call. And as an example, we have a new and rapidly growing concept that launched, I think, in 2018 um, and already has over 200 units. But behind that brand were founders for a very big telecom franchise. And they had grown it nationwide significantly, stepped away from that to start the new company. Um, And when you look at their track record, you can say to yourself, hey, they might be new, they might be emerging. But they know what they're doing.
0: Yeah, it makes sense that's that they're accelerating one. their growth so easily and so quickly. And and so that's why we're career ownership coaches and, and not franchise brokers and not franchise, you know, consultants or or whatever whatever they call themselves these days. Because we don't want to we don't want people thinking that they're going to be you know led into a situation where they're being bought and sold a brand a franchise, you know, just, just because there's, there's a lot, there's many differences in people that want to go into franchises. There are some that want to buy something as an investment and and really build and grow really fast. If that's you, you probably, you know, you, you probably wouldn't benefit from our process, but if you're somebody that that wants to get out of the nine to five and, and you really want to take control of your career, stop building somebody else's wealth and equity and start doing it for yourself um that's that's where we come in we we could really help you out um and i'm not trying to turn this into a commercial i'm just trying to show the differences on, on how we do it how we do business um and like for example like i i work with some some clients some of them are coming from really well-established corporate backgrounds they can probably Go into a new and emerging franchise brand and, and and do really really well and become you know really prominent franchisees within that brand and become part of the franchisee advisory council and even actually advise that count that franchisor on on growth and expansion because they have so much experience and, and if that's you then you know maybe and if that's something that you want to kind of be a part of you know that new emerging brand might be a cool thing for you. But if you're if you're somebody that might be a little bit more risk adverse, maybe you don't want to spend you don't want to invest like too much. You want to try something you want to, you know, kind of grow from, you know, one unit into multiples as your business grows and kind of let that happen organically. Uh, Sometimes those well-established brands can be a good fit for you, too. that reduces your risk because they've been doing it for so long, but there's some pros and cons to all that, so <laughs> it's going to keep diving into it so so the what are the phil what are the negatives of going into a new and emerging brain um, yeah, first and foremost um how
1: large is the um war chest, if you will how does the company look yep. financially can it? guide itself through those startup years? Can it properly fund the people that join that organization and see their way into that 100 plus? And, you know, let me back up a couple steps. So one of the values in what we do is helping people compare and contrast. And I think it is a valuable exercise if you're so inclined to look at a, a, a brand new um, emerging brand, especially if it's innovative in its approach. And I'm not going to name names here, but one of our newest uh, brand members is in the crime scene cleanup business, which I think is just so cool.
0: You know, Very cool. I am mean, from a
1: military police background. Um, another is kind of an Uber-like treatment in, in a disruptive uh, technology in, in a well-established space. And as you start to see brands like that emerge, even if they're brand new to the marketplace, if they're disruptors or they're serving a market that isn't highly competitive, I think it becomes of interest. But again, looking at the corporate governance, looking at the war chest um, can tell a very different story. And you do that by way of the disclosure documents.
0: Yes, absolutely. And sometimes those disclosure documents are almost like a living document when they're when they're brand new. What you see this year can be completely different next year. And Mm. And you might not see some, as much of that financial information on those documents as you would like. Um, sometimes they don't even have uh, what they call item 19, where they're showing, um, you know, kind of averages of income throughout the franchise system. They probably just don't have those numbers yet at that point. They're just so new. So sometimes they sometimes a franchisor doesn't have that established until they've been around for about five years, um, maybe a yep. little bit less, plus or minus. Yeah, 100%. And, you know, here's the thing. What you don't want to be is a guinea pig. Right?
1: Right, right. What you do want to investigate and really understand is what is unique about their processes? How do they mm-hmm. go to market? How do they differentiate themselves? Is there a well thought strategy? Because there's a big difference between a good idea and a brand that can grow and expand. Right. And there's many, many good ideas out there. But can you create scale around that idea? Mm-hmm. The answer to that is process and system. And if those yes. things are in place in a manner that you that aligns with your goals, it might be an interesting step to take.
0: Well, also, not only your goals, but with your experiences and your skills, too. Can you, you know, you might not have, you know, experience in that industry, but do you have skil- the skills of being able to operate the way that their processes are set up? Uh, is are they are you more pro, uh, project management oriented or are you more operations management oriented and and is, and does that brand really kind of align with that and do you see yourself being able to do uh, as well as some of those franchisors um corporate companies those corporate units because that's what usually what they use for an example so usually a franchise an, an emerging franchise brand will will use you know, maybe two, sometimes they will have two, maybe three corporate units out there that they'll use as the example. And as you're kind of investigating that, you should be able to investigate the performance of those, those examples and see if you can actually ma- relate to that and match that a little bit, yeah, if 100%. not exceed it.
1: Yeah, and you know, there is a perception of franchises that they can be restrictive. And I would argue on the side of saying, first of all, I've started a business from scratch and I know what it takes to get, you know, wind in the sails in your own business and how many different hats you have to wear. The whole idea of a franchise system is that support model around you. So you can focus on the things that you do well. Um, But here comes the question, right? If you are, uh, you know, using this profile as a high D and you're an innovator and a risk taker and you like to evolve things and you like to look at what they are today, not as they are, but as, as in terms of what they can be Mm
0: -hmm. an emerging brand might
1: be a better fit for you right because while the playbook is in place it's going to evolve much more significantly than an established brand might number two on the flip side of that argument is while many names come to mind of successful franchisors and franchise systems there is a risk of market fatigue and brand fatigue right yeah. Over saturation, overexposure in the market. Everybody knows the brand so well that it's not exciting. Could you be disruptive in a new brand coming into even a competitive space with a new take on that? And could that leverage
0: and get you more quickly where you're trying to get to? These are questions to ask. Very good questions too. And um, you know, and that is kind of the one risk going into those uh, well-established brands. Um, you know, is that brand going to be? you know, to your point, you know, you know, you know, innovating, are they going to continue to do that? Um, And what's their plan to continue to stop and not remain stale. Um, Another thing I wanted to kind of point out on um, those emerging brands and uh, and we might be a little bit all over the place here, but we'll kind of capture all this in the notes. Uh, But that, that emerging brand, as you're kind of looking into becoming a, you know their second, third, fourth franchisee, or whatever whatever number you end up being, they are very much invested in you being successful. They absolutely need you to be successful. Maybe. Every franchise board needs you to be successful, but not much not as much as the new and emerging brands. So they're going to throw as many resources at you as they possibly can. So that they can show the world, like, hey, we are a good brand. We 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 provide value not only for our customers but for our franchisees. Look what we can do. And and I just had a had a, a vision of Stuart for Mad TV. Look what I can do, you know. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that's that's what they want to be able to do. And and so that puts you in a kind of a strong position as somebody. Um, investigating that emerging franchisor, you know, maybe, maybe you can ask for additional marketing materials. Maybe you can ask for a stronger territory. Um, You know, the sky's the limit, but you know, it's only limited to your imagination and and don't be afraid to ask as you're kind of going through that discovery process.
1: Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. That's great advice. And, you know, again, getting back to the value of the model, the coaching model that we have The ability to compare and contrast and ask yourself a lot of meaningful questions along the way um, really gives you the the opportunity to look at a mature brand, to see what the performance potentials are within that brand and to assess something that's new and emerging. And as you go through that, the more established brand will inform you as to the questions you can ask the developing brand. And as you put those out into a matrix together and put some weighting to it, You'll reach some clarity about what would be right. But, you know, again, the idea of joining something new and emerging that's innovative in the space that could have explosive growth in the future, provided it has good corporate governance and a, and a strong war chest behind it, gives you the opportunity to maybe even shape that brand's development and be an integral part of the beginnings of what, you know, is the next, quote unquote, Subway or McDonald's or whatever you might yeah. want to
0: yeah, and 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 some people might not might not resonate with that, and some people want to be you know reduce the risk as much as possible and go into something that's going to, you know, that's already been around and has those systems and processes really nailed nailed down, and, and so so that's that might might I'm saying might because there's just so many variables in it because it's we're talking about human beings here it might be better for you to look at those established brands of 50 or more. When you get into some of them that are over a hundred, they get to the point where they're starting to work with larger groups and more units and private equity and things like that. And that kind of, that kind of squeezes out some of the folks that are kind of trying to do the career ownership rather than the investment, but that's okay. That's that's where we're here to kind of help help you navigate that and and do all that kind of stuff. But um, going into those, you know, you know the entrepreneur source pretty established brand right that's pretty you know the risk is still there but you know think about all of the the support you get you know the pure pure performance groups one-on-one coaching you know they they've established that they figured out how to help help their franchisees and their performance grow yeah yeah 100% and
1: again if you want to be part of the evolution of a brand and especially Look, if you have a a strong portfolio of accomplishment, right, if you have led companies in the past and uh, you have that muscle memory around developing brands and capturing market share, it may be more interesting um, to explore an emerging brand because, again, you have that muscle memory and experience. Um, And, yeah, as a brand gets larger, the risk of lack of future innovations can occur. Brands can mm-hmm. get stale, um, not to say that they all do. And in many cases, um, they they continue to evolve their business practices, utilizing technology, other things. Well, but you want to ask those
0: questions. Well, that's the benefit of of your where your royalties go into with a franchise. A lot of, I, I know a lot of people. Kind of look at it as, hey, I'm I'm making you know six percent less, seven percent less than what I'm actually making. The franchisor is dipping into my pot of money just so I can you know wave their flag, but that's not necessarily true. When you're looking, when you look at royalties and you look at things that you pay into that franchise like marketing and, and brand building funds and stuff like that. You really want to trace where they're actually going. And and you, you might be happily surprised with most brands. That's all of that is actually going back into the system for innovation and growth. Um, you know, think about it when you're doing a, a brand building marketing fund. It's like, oh gee whiz, I got to put one percent of my my income into marketing. Oh no! Well, guess what? The SBA says you should do fifteen. That's what they recommend. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing a group share. You're doing a group share. Imagine, you know, 50, 60, um, you know, franchisees, you know, piling into one pot of money or one pot for for marketing. You get discounted rates and you get more for, more bang for your buck. Um, and that's a benefit. That's a huge benefit that you probably wouldn't be able to find on your own.
1: Yeah, 100%. And then, you know, I also think we could add the word infrastructure into that royalty conversation, right? And for mm-hmm. example of that, I'm thinking of a couple of what we call semi-absentee businesses. And they each have such significant marketing and PR that they drive the majority of customers to a franchise location. Uh, by way of what they do they have call centers they have you know um, booking they collect the payments and then do disbursements so they have the back office infrastructure and in many cases those royalties are going into that infrastructure things that you'd have to have on your own right if I was to be an independent coach I'd have to have a CRM system I'd have to have a marketing strategy (laughs) I'd have to have a website I'd have Mm -hmm. the know how to be a coach independent of a system I might get into. And all those things take time, money, experience um, to build. And so that question of where is that money going, you're not just kicking a can back to the mothership, you're buying that infrastructure so you can focus on the things that you do well. And back to that developing brand, um, really looking hard at what that infrastructure of support is, really proving to yourself that their marketing methodology has been effective reaching clients. Really looking at the demographics of how they break apart a territory to be sure that it's sustainable. All that is valuable because, unlike a mature brand, you don't have the opportunity to talk to people around the country doing the business in the way that you do for develop brands. You know, someone that has a hundred plus locations, you could theoretically call <laughs> all one hundred locations, right? But good a developing brand that has four locations, yeah.
0: Yeah, you're gonna have a phone time quick. quick. <laughs> <laughs> so good stuff, man. I, I think we could probably talk about this all day, but I, I hope I hope this gives the audience a really good perspective of the pros and cons. Um obviously, you know, you can reach out to us individually and, and discuss further, but we just kinda wanted to put the initial information out there. Uh we could probably write a whole book on it. <laughs> Yeah, indeed. And, you know, at the end of the day,
1: um, you talked about risk. And at the end of the day, the biggest risk you face in the journey of potential entrepreneurship is within. And if you're committed, and if you're the kind of person that says, I refuse to fail and I will keep running into that wall head first until I break that wall down, if you're that type of person, I don't know that it matters if it's a new brand, provided, again, the governance, the, the, the war chest is there, the system methodology is there. If you're the kind of person that refuses to fail, you can be successful in any good model.
0: Yeah. And, and I'm going to add to that, you know, you've got to trust yourself to succeed too. Um, You know, there, there's going to be some nervousness. There's, there's always going to be some type of fears there and things like that. But once you're, once you get to the point where you gained enough um, Intel or information to where you can actually trust yourself, then you're on a great path. But if you can't feel that you can trust yourself going into the business, hold off, don't do it. Don't do it. Yep. (laughs) stuff, my friend. Great
1: advice. Great session. And I hope everyone listening got some things out of it. I certainly did. And uh, we will post some information in the show notes in case you want to do additional research. We'll put a few links in there for some articles researched. And again, great conversation. Great way to kick off the week, my friend. I love it, man. Always a good time. I'll catch you all uh- later. Thank you everybody for listening.